I'm going to offend you today. Is that okay? <laughs> I love, you know, comedians, it's like they say the most offensive things, but it's funny, you know? And so that's what I love about God is it's like sometimes it's like, oh, conviction, like, oh, like feels like he's just like cutting you with his word. And then sometimes it's like, oh, conviction. <laughs> it's like the anesthesia of God, you know? He just blasts you with the Holy Spirit, and then you laugh while he does surgery on you. So um, feels like a laughter. You guys want to laugh today? <laughs> Good. I'll laugh if not, so I'll laugh for you too. Um, no, I, I wanted to actually share about, you know, Daniel and I, we don't plan what we say, but we often speak on the same thing. And so I kind of want to share about how um, last week he shared a little bit about individualism and how it plagues our society and how often it creeps into the church and then we can see the gospel through a lens. And uh, especially in the Western culture where we have things like the American dream. And um, the American dream is all about me. And when we live the American dream, it becomes about how we can fulfill the dreams that are in our heart. Now, all of us should have dreams, and all of us should have God dreams, which is a good thing. But with that, God is not our genie that we rub in order to see his dream, or our dreams come true. And so... I kind of want to differentiate the two because um, I feel like, just like how Daniel shared, sometimes, actually, probably more than we realize, culture affects the way we see God. And whether we would like to admit it or not, we have lenses that we see through. And one of those lenses can actually be individualism. And the funny, uh, this first part of this message might sound like a little sad or depressing, but then it gets really good, okay? <laughs> Great way to start a message, Michael. <laughs> be depressed so that you can be joyful. <laughs> um, but I would like to say the most unhappy people in life, bar none, no exceptions, are the people that make life all about them. There's no exceptions to that. If you know someone who's super bitter, offended, hurt, guarantee they've made life about themselves. I remember um, <clears throat> watching like a commercial and they had, they were advertising this show called Bridezilla. Um, I think it's Bridezilla or something like that. And you had these brides who are, <laughs> I totally watched that. <laughs> Not me, someone else said that, so. <laughs> um, it's called Bridezilla, where it's about these brides who, on their wedding day, turn into these monsters because it is their special day, right? And this, all of their life has led to this moment. And often you see it in like a ton of weddings, actually, not just on TV, but it's like a bride, it's their moment. And it's, it's okay to have a moment, right? But with that moment, sometimes when we make life all about us and everyone is supposed to cater towards us, actually what happens is we turn into the most disappointed monsters 
ever. <laughs> and I can actually relate to that because I remember actually a couple times on my birthday feeling like, you know what, this is my day. And when it was my day, all of a sudden, I found myself getting hurt over the dumbest things. <laughs> I remember when I was a little kid, and this is kind of embarrassing, but I remember I went into the fridge and I got this huge bowl of cottage cheese. And I just, cottage cheese isn't even that good, I don't think. But anyways, I ate this huge bowl of cottage cheese and I like left, like didn't even eat half of it. And then I just like threw the rest of it away. And rightly so, my dad was like, hey, that's super wasteful. And it was my birthday, and I'm like, you said it was wasteful. It's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it was just, I looked back on it, and I was like, wow, that was so dumb. But the reality is when we make life all about us, we are offended over the dumbest things. <laughs> We're hurt over the dumbest things because life was never supposed to live we're never supposed to live life with the subject being about us. And I would like to say if we do, then we're the most hurt and disappointed people. And a lot of times I ask God, God, why as the body of Christ, as a whole, are we so hurt? <laughs> are we so broken? Are we so offended? And what I realize is a lot of times we can come to church and it's about us. <laughs> it's all about us. And so you hear language that reveals it's all about me. And it comes like, oh, I'm not getting fed there. Oh, the worship's not my style. Oh, they didn't do this or that. Or no one values me or notices me. And I'm not saying that we should just go anywhere to any church but if you can't go anywhere, then there's probably a problem. <laughs> because you might have made everything about you and nobody checks off the boxes that you have set so that it, the, it can become all about you. Does that make sense? All right, go ahead and laugh. Because <laughs> we're about to get to the good news. Say the good news the good news. <laughs> uh, you see, sometimes we can have a conference mentality where we jump from conference to conference where we want to find a place where we can receive from, but it's only a place we can receive from that we don't actually want to be a part of the culture and contribute to the culture. We want to receive from the body, but we actually don't want to become a part of the body. And so, the good news is, you ready? Are you ready? This is such good news. Are you ready? Okay. The good news is that... Actually... One time I can play the drums and I can. The gospel sets you free from you! Yeah! 
So I don't know if you know it, but the biggest problem on the universe is you. <laughs> and the good news about that is Jesus has called you to die. Woo! You guys are like, where's the good news? <laughs> the good news is die. <laughs> because guess what? If you die, you will be resurrected. And the life that you live no longer is your own, but it's Christ within you. Yes. So God found you to be so complicated that he said, I don't want to actually deal with sin management. I actually want you to die, and I want to make you new. So when you die and he makes you new, you can become free so that all of a sudden you don't have to be offended anymore. You don't have to make life all about you. And you can live free. <laughs> Indeed, for whom the Son sets free is free. So, you can be free. And the only reason you would be offended is because you don't want to die. <laughs> so if you're offended right now, you've chosen not to die. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And so, it's such good news because I truly believe life comes when we die. It says, for if a seed falls and dies, surely it will, I don't know the exact verse, but surely <laughs> it will produce much fruit. And so, when we die, all of a sudden, we live a new life, and that life is in Christ. And when we live in Christ, we have fullness of life. And so, I, I, the problem with that is so often, like we talked about, our culture slips in. And it slips into Christianity and Christianity becomes about us and the Bible says in Revelations 12:11 it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb what's the third one anyone know oh so everyone knows we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and then everyone's like, period. <laughs> That's not what the word says. It says, and not loving our own lives unto death. And I would like to say, if you miss out on the last one, then you're not going to live an overcoming life. Because... Truly, the only way that we can live the fullness of life is if we don't love our life unto death. And I love what someone says, dead people aren't offended. <laughs> and so, 
When we're not offended, it reveals that we don't love our life unto death. And actually the greatest accusation of the enemy over your life is that you love you more than you love God. And we see it actually in Job. Satan comes to, Satan comes to God and says, surely if, if I, if, you know, the only reason Job likes you is because you bless him. And from that, J- Satan goes on and, and attacks Job and <clears throat> attacks first like his sheep and his belongings and, and Job blesses God. And then he attacks his, his family. Job blesses God. And throughout this trial, the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy and get Job to love his own life more than he loves God. And the Bible says that the Bible says that your love is better than life. And I truly believe if we understand and know the love of God, we will realize that our life is so it's worth nothing compared to his love. It's why we give him our life. And so when we live in that way, all of a sudden, we have no target for the enemy to attack. Jesus says that the enemy has found no place within me. I want to live in a way where there's no place within me that can be hurt, offended, and yes, I might get hurt or offended, but I bring that to Jesus so that he can take that from me because I was never meant to live in that place. It's a victorious life. It's a victorious life. And if I have to be honest, I feel like I kind of failed a little bit in, in this past year in that, and, and I'll share that, and I'll, I'll share why... Um, this is so important. Um, I felt like last year the Lord said, this is the year of my favor, the favor of my face. Say the favor of my face. And the verse that I got for that was Psalms 4-7. The intense pleasure you give me surpasses the gladness of harvest time. Even more than when the harvesters gaze upon their ripened grain and when their new wine overflows. So basically what it's saying is, your face is better than any blessing. Say, your face is better than any blessing. And so at the beginning of the year, I feel like there was just such a grace. And I I feel like just even in ministry, like God was just doing awesome stuff. And it felt like promises that we've been praying for. Uh, Jayla and I, they were coming to pass, and we were just like, yes, Jesus! And, um, and then we were like, felt like we were on a trajectory of launching into what God had for us. And then in the summer, it was like, so much stuff happened, and, and I would actually say the stuff didn't derail us. Like, some of the stuff happened, which really, looking back on it, it felt really hard, and I realized that it's really not that hard, but it felt really hard in the moment, but we just had a hard time because, first off, 
a ministry that we had sewn into, we felt like God had said, hey, I want you to give that up. And then not only that, I was stepping out of my job, income. Jayla was in school, so I felt like God told me to step out of ministry and out of my income. And so I was like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to trust in you. Step out of ministry, step out of my income. Jayla's in school, so now we have no income. And uh, yeah, wisdom of God right there. Um, (laughs) Doesn't always look like the smartest thing, but he knows what he's doing, yeah? (laughs) And so stepped out of that, and then with that, with that, we bought a rental property, and then we had, I'd probably share this before, we had like sinks exploding in the rental property and sewage backing up into people's units, things being stolen, just tons of junk happen. And I was like, oh, I just stepped out of my job. I have no job. All this stuff is happening. On top of that, my back was like super tweaked and I gave up my ministry. And one thing that I felt like a word that I feel like I was going to step into and what God had called me to do was to allow, um, to pursue business and to allow business to fund whatever I want to do in ministry. And so I'm like, yay, praise Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, I have no job and (laughs) I have no job. And then um, I'm stepping away from part of my ministry and, uh, and we were supposed to go on a trip to Italy, and we booked tickets for free, and uh, we'd actually gotten a word about it, and it was a dream. Anyways, I, I don't want to go into all that, but it was just, Jayla's like, you should. Um, um, anyways, so there was a lot of stuff that happened, and to be honest, through the whole process, I could feel Jesus, and I could feel him leading me, and I had trust, and honestly, I had faith. There were moments of, like, breaking down and just be like, what am I doing? And then, like, God would just confirm it, and I'd feel confident and encouraged. But through that season, the reason why I was so expectant and so encouraged was I was like, oh, yeah, once this season is over, like, uh, increase is happening Jesus is just going to blow things up. And, and then so I'm like, I, I don't know what's next, but yeah. And then all of a sudden, the summer ends, and I'm like, what the heck do I do? I stepped away from my job, and then I'm like, you know, the word about business funding my ministry. And then I found myself, which isn't bad, but it wasn't the direction that I wanted to go, was I found myself having to step into being a server or a waiter at a restaurant And I'm like, God, I just, like, gave up, just walked away from some of my ministry, and now I'm back, and I feel like I'm in college again, serving and being a waiter at a restaurant, and this was not the plan. (laughs) And so, to be honest, I was super encouraged during the summer when all the craziness was happening, but when all of a sudden I was like, expecting the increase and expecting the word to come true, I found myself really discouraged, just being super honest. And so I was like, oh, God. And, 
And in that moment, and, and through this season, what God has taught me is that sometimes, <clears throat> look at my notes, sometimes we think favor and we correlate favor to the American dream. And sometimes, I, and I believe in the favor of God, I actually believe in living in abundance. I believe in living a blessed life, no doubt about it. But, if I <clears throat> correlate his favor to me only being blessed, then all of a sudden, I have stepped out of his favor. You're like, well, he wants us to be blessed, and <laughs> he does. But can I tell you what the true favor of God is? See, favor of God is not just that you get a good parking spot. <laughs> the favor of God is not just that you get a promotion. The favor of God is not just so that you can access unopened doors. It can be, but if it's only about those things for the benefit of yourself, I'm sorry you've missed it. And I know a lot of times we don't want to hear that, but I want to share what the favor of God is and what it actually leads to. Bill Johnson says, if the favor of God only affects me, then it's not the favor of God. Because the favor of God actually is God blessing me so that I can be a blessing. And what I realize is that actually if God blesses you with favor and there's selfishness inside of your heart, you will use his favor to build your own kingdom. And his favor is only used to promote his kingdom. Say his kingdom. You guys still there? Give me a laugh. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. ha. I might have done that. Ha ha ha. Jesus help me. Ha 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 ha. Let me use some scripture to back this up and some stories. You see, how many of you guys know Joseph was highly favored? coat of many colors. Homeboy was the favored son, yeah? He got the coat of many colors. All the brothers hated him because the father just had this fondness for Joseph, right? Joseph has a dream. Basically, in the dream, everyone's bowing down to him. And Joseph had a dream from God, yeah? But Joseph might not have fully interpreted it right in that moment, <laughs> Because Joseph goes up to his brothers and is like, hey guys, I had a dream. Let me just tell you what the Lord says right now. Yeah, in my dream, you were bowing down to me. Come on, come on. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> 
so here Joseph is. Brother's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll bow down to you after we throw you in this pit. <laughs> eh, we kind of feel bad. Actually, we'll throw you into slavery. <laughs> and so here Joseph is, has this awesome dream. Yeah, how many of you guys have dreams? How many of you guys have dreams? All right. Yes, Tom does. So all of a sudden... Joseph has this dream, next thing you know, he's in a pit, next thing you know, he's in slavery, yeah? But it says, the favor of God was upon Joseph. Say, the favor of God was on Joseph. So all of a sudden, the favor of God is on Joseph, so all of a sudden, when he's a slave, he works himself up to the master's right hand. Oh, yeah, Lord, I can, I can feel the favor, you know? Like, here he is working his way up. He's like, yeah, highly favored. And all of a sudden, boom, the master's wife lies about him, trying to seduce his wife. And then all of a sudden, Joseph's in jail. But then it says, the favor of God was on him. Say the favor of God was on him. So, here Joseph, Joseph is in jail, and all of a sudden, because the favor of God is on him, he gets promoted within the jail cell. All of a sudden, we know the story, the two, um, cupbearer and the, uh, help me out, and the baker come in, Joseph interprets one of their dreams. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of the guys didn't have such a great dream, but the other guy, after a while... Say, after a while, he gets promoted to the position, back to position of um, cupbearer. And because of that, Pharaoh has a dream, and then the cupbearer is like, hey, I know this guy who can interpret it. Anyways, Joseph is now second in command to Pharaoh. And because he's second in command to Pharaoh, God gives Joseph a plan which he uses them to save all of Egypt and the surrounding areas. And now his brothers who are in a famished land come to him to get food, don't recognize him. God changed Joseph from the guy who was like, you guys are going to be bound down to me, to all of a sudden he's... He looked his brothers in, his, in their eyes and said, hey, I forgive you. And actually what you meant for evil, God turned into good so that I could be in this position, so that I could bless you. So what does favor look like? Favor looks like us. See, I'm going to backtrack. It's the favor of his face. His favor rests upon you because you're a son and a daughter of God. See, if, his fa if you only feel his favor when you're in the promised land, but you don't feel his favor when you're in the pit, you will not know his favor. Because his favor is with you wherever you go, no matter where you are. And when you realize you're favored because you're His, and you're favored because He 
wants to do something through you so that you can be a blessing to others, all of a sudden it doesn't become about you. It becomes about him and other people and loving other people. And the amazing thing is, is when you realize it's not about you, guess what happens? Favor rests upon your life. And so I realized, wow, God, in, in the time of, of like, I'm like, honestly, there were times where I had these glorious moments and I shared some moments with you guys where I was wrapped around a toilet, fixing a toilet, and I felt God's presence. And, and God was teaching me, for those of you who weren't there, I was wrapped around a toilet, fixing a toilet with all of its glory in front of my face. And God wrecked me with his presence as I'm hurling a toilet to change like a piece of the back part of it. <laughs> and I share that because if you can't experience his favor while you're wrapped around the toilet and you're like, oh, if I'll experience his favor, I'll experience his love when I'm in the palace, you actually don't know his favor and you don't know his face. Because it's actually not about the palace. It's actually not about the toilet. It's actually about his face. It's about relationship with him. And when you realize it's about relationship with him, it doesn't matter what you're going through. All of a sudden, you know who you are, no matter where you are, because I'll be honest, even when I found myself back serving tables, I felt like I was downgraded. Honestly, I felt that way. I felt like, oh, the favor of God lifted. Ha, ha, ha. That's stupid. <laughs> Because the reality is it doesn't matter where I am. He loves me. He's pleased with me. He's proud of me. And because he's pleased and he's proud of me, I can bring him everywhere I go because it's all about his face. And when it's all about his face, you realize you have access to the promised land all the time because the promised land is this, that you're with him wherever you are. So if you're in the desert, you're with him. If he's leading you into the promised land, walk with him so that the promised land can be the promised land because the promised land is this, that you're with him. And so we are highly favored. But his favor does not rest upon you so that you can build your kingdom. His favor does not rest upon you so you can live an American dream. His favor rests upon you so that you can bring His kingdom no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in. And if you realize you're highly favored, you can be thrown in a pit and you can still feel His presence. You can be in slavery and you can still know you're blessed. And you look at America and we have so much stuff so much blessing, and you see other people in other countries, and they're playing soccer with a water bottle, but yet they're having so much fun, and there's so much joy, it's because they've realized stuff doesn't actually bring you happiness. <laughs> your, uh, your day going your way doesn't bring you happiness. 
What brings you happiness is that you know who you are and you know that he rests upon you and it doesn't matter what's going on in life, you can live fully satisfied. I think it was the Apostle Paul, he says, I found how to be content in all things. He says, godly contentment is great gain. This is coming from a guy who is beaten multiple, multiple, multiple times. And so, why am I sharing this? It's because if we were to look at our lives, I would like to say your life is not as good as your day is going or your situations are or your circumstances. Life is going as well as your perspective. And if your perspective is the favor of his face and living in his presence, your day can always be great. And my heart is is that we realize we have been highly favored and highly blessed. And that favor has, has to be used to go and bless. Because the reality is, Christianity, like we talked about, the church has been known as a place where we all gather to come together for ourselves. <laughs> and when we gather to come together and make it all about ourselves, you want to know what happens? We become bridezillas. And we fight and we bicker and we complain and we grumble and we wonder why life isn't good. <laughs> it's because you got a problem. It's you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I really do feel like this is such an encouraging message. <laughs> It really is so encouraging. I'm serious. Because when you realize life is not about you, <laughs> you can fully be free. And when you realize Jesus has set you free from you, you can fully be happy. <laughs> yeah, let's give a clap. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want everyone's, I want everyone, everything that God has put in your heart to come to pass. And God does too. Something happened 
when that summer ended and things weren't going according to my expectations, what I tried to do was just try and strive to produce what God had already promised me. And what happened with that was, well, anytime we believe that God doesn't want to give us something, and we don't believe that God is good, we'll go outside of relationship to try and get what he wants to freely give us. And the reality is, God wants to give you everything that he's put in your heart. But let me tell you something. If you went and gave your kid everything that they ever wanted right now in this moment, you would probably create a brat. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it for a moment. All the cake they wanted, all the toys they wanted, they wouldn't even know what to do with themselves. And guess what? If God gave you everything you wanted without you realizing that everything you want is Him, (laughs) think about what that creates. You're all (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because it's true, and I can laugh because I'm laughing at myself because I know I have been a brat. And I'm only a brat when I make things about me. And you're only a brat when you make things about you. And so be free. (laughs) Be free. (laughs) So I'm going to pray for us, and um, I'm going to pray one simple thing. Think about it. I'll end on this. And and while you're ahead, says sir. <laughs> it says that Jesus, when he was baptized, says, This is my son. God spoke from heaven. This is my God, my son, who I'm well pleased. All of a sudden, next thing you know, he's in the wilderness. Favor will always lead to testing. (laughs) The testing will show you what is in your heart. And if your heart reveals selfishness, just give it to him so that you can go through the wilderness and you can come out with the Holy Spirit and power. Because if not, you'll come out like the Israelites did, complaining and grumbling because they made it all about themselves. And the crazy thing is, God actually wanted to bring them to the promised land. The reason why they were complaining (laughs) was because they didn't believe what God said. And they got trapped in a place because they weren't willing to believe that God wanted something so much better for them. And God wants something so much better for you it doesn't include your selfishness. So, I'm going to pray. 
ha ha ha, just laugh. Ha ha ha. Jesus, I pray that we would have more just laughter. <laughs> I pray that we would never be offended again. <laughs> because we're dead. <laughs> and so, Father, I thank you that you would show us that there's so much freedom in being dead <laughs> because you make us alive, you make us free so that we can fully be all that you called us to be. And so we say yes. We say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys.